This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. The RM5 billion ringgit Nangiri Dam project located in Kelantan is expected to supplement renewable energy for Malaysia and also potentially generate 2,000 new jobs on top of mitigating flood issues in the state. But for the Orang Asli in Gua Musang, who called the area home, the project will submerge up to 5,834 hectares of forest that are their cultural lands and also force them to leave their homeland. They also believe that the Megadam project will erase historical traces of Orang Asli Tamiya in West Malaysia, among many other issues. So today on the show, I'm joined by Sarah Sasha Abubakar. She's a lawyer. She's also the chairperson of the Committee on Orang Asli Rights for the Malaysian Bar. She's got some updates on the project, including how how the recent Nangirin archaeological excavation works by UKM unearthed artifacts dating back some 14,000 years, making the site older than where the Perak man was found. Sarah, welcome to the show. How are you today? Um, I'm okay, Juliet. Thank you for inviting me um, to the show today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. So, uh, you know, for folks who uh, listen to the show regularly, we've had Sarah on the show. She's, <laughs> you know, done. She's a lawyer, yes, but also a filmmaker. You know, we've spoken before about some of the films that you did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're here in your capacity as the chairperson of the Committee on Orang Asli Rights for the Malaysian Bar. Correct. Sarah, you know, this Nangiri Dam project, you know, if we look at it, like, just do a simple Google search, la, and mm. you will just, you know, it's, it's just all how amazing this project is going to be for People planet profit, right? You know, it's just like win-win. But we do know that, you know, the Orang Asli villages uh, are not very happy about it and, and their voices are not being heard. I understand you recently went on a, on a trip there, an expedition to the area. I did. So, okay, to before that trip, they actually, the Temia Orang Asli, the Jaringan um, Orang Asli Gomusang came to see us sometime in June last year. When they came to see us, it mean that week, they actually wanted to present a memorandum to the Prime Minister's office. So they thought that, okay, they're just going to drop by and see the committee to talk about this, this issue. So then they shared with us the memorandum that they presented to the Prime Minister's office. And then that's when they told us also that they were unhappy with, with, the, with the project. And then um, they wanted us to help out them with um, how can they go about protesting um, against the construction of the Nangiri Dam. Okay. So that was last year. Mm. Um, recently, I think about a month ago, I got an invite to have a look around their village, the construction of the of the Nangiri Dam. Their preparation took about around two weeks because um, instead of renting a pickup truck and go around the interiors in Gomusang through all these villages, they thought that it would be a good idea for us to actually go down the river. Right. So they actually spent about a week collecting bamboos and they constructed racket for us. Wow. So um they, they show us the the photos, the the development, the you know, how they, they, they look for the bamboo and then they, they built the racket for us. And then um closer to the date we found out that they built about eight racket. Um from from my side, my trip, we there were about five of us, but when we got there, um there were about forty to fifty of them. Mm-hmm. who actually joined in this expedition. Lah. Um, these 40 to 50 villages come from all the wilaya that are or will be affected by the construction of the Nangiri Dam. So then um, my, my position as a chairperson of, of the um, Bar Council Committee on Orang Asli, right, they invited me in that, in that capacity because they, um, they wanted to show me um, the latest status happening around the Nangiri River. 
the trip was about four days, three nights. We went there on Friday and then we came out on Monday. I thought it was a very good trip um, because um, it's unique. You don't actually go through the, the roads to the villages. You actually go through the rivers. And I was lucky in my racket, I had one tok batin from mm. one of the villages that was affected. And then one of the veteran also. Um, when we go down the river, he would show me, this is this side, this is that side. Mm. You know, this used, to, this used to be an old village, but they had to move out because, you know, there are reasons involved. Or there's one, one part they show me, this is a grave. This area is a grave. Mm. So some of the Nenek Moyang are all, all there, buried mm. there, you know. Mm. And then um, we would break every day in the evening because we would start berakit-rakit in the morning. And then we usually break in the evening. And it's usually um, we would just stop at wherever place that they construct like a tent for us to stay for the night. Mm-hmm. So actually for three days, there was no... <laughs> I have no access to phone line. I have no access to water. I have no access to um, electricity. Um, I just sleep on whatever bamboo um, pavilion that they, they constructed for us. So it was a very humbling experience because um, you get to check your privilege. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and also, um, I was surrounded by them. I get to, to learn like how, how they live, how, how they collect water, um, what do they eat. In fact... Um, I just ate what whatever they, they provided us, which is mostly um, the vegetable that they collected from the forest. Mm-hmm. So based on that four days experience, you get to see the impact of the construction of the dam when it will submerge their land. Mm-hmm. So whatever their way of living um, could be eradicated just by the construction of the dam. Yeah, because they live off the land, isn't it? They live off the land, they forage from the forest <coughs> along the river and they are about 12 wilaya that will be affected by, by this dam, lah, okay. by the construction of this dam. Okay, and I think maybe now let's let's talk about what that uh, construction is actually going to look like, right? Can we talk about the Nangiri Dam project? You know, what is it? What is it? What does it involve? Mm. Let's talk about. It's a massive one, yeah. It is a massive one. It is actually um, the nation's fourth um, hydro project. So then um, the construction of this dam uh, will come under TNB, and then um, it is expected to be operational in two thousand twenty seven. The phase one has started last year in March 2022. Mm. So chronologically, in June, that's when they come. The Temia, the Jaringan, um, Orang Asli Gomusang came to see us. All right. And then when they submit the, the memorandum to the PMO, lah, because mm. it already started. Mm. So they, they wanted to try to stop it. So they don't know how to do it also. Lah. The project is located in Gomusang, in Kelantan. And um, like you mentioned earlier, um, it will submerge about 5,800 acre of the the whole land around it because the dam is about 50 kilometer long. Okay. 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 And and this is rainforest, right? This, this is, is rainforest. So so I, the objective, if you if you do a Google search and if you found some of the um, report about the benefit of this dam, so it was reported that you know the the aim that they, they wanted to achieve with the construction of this dam is to mitigate the flooding issues in Kelantan. You know, every every year we, we hear about these um, issues and also they, they think that with this hydro project, 
it would help to supplement renewable energy for Malaysia because we are heading towards that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Clean energy, renewable. So then um, the project is ambitious. Yes, I, I agree. I also agree that if it helps to mitigate some some issues in the state, you know, we would support it, but not at the expense of other people's livelihood. Okay. Um, for instance, the orang asli temiah here lah, because um, 12 wilayah will be affected by it. During the trip, I do found out that not many of them are agreeable to the project, mm. uh, contrary to what was reported. Okay. So again, if you do a Google search, <laughs> you will see like most of the reports say that they agree to this. The orang asli agree to this, and then um, the state and the TMB will proceed with it. Mm. But when you go to the ground and you actually spoke to them, I think about 80% to 90% are not agreeable to this project on the basis that they will lose their livelihood, they will lose their ancestral land. Okay. And, you know, I don't know, when we talk about clean energy, right, I mean, how are we going to offset all that loss of um, rainforest, right? I mean, we talk about carbon offsets and things like that, right? And I don't think that's being addressed here. I'm not sure if I'm wrong in saying that. But, I mean, we are going to talk about the environmental mm. impacts in another episode. But in terms of the Orang Asli, right, um, what are they saying that they are going to lose? So it's cultural lands. It's also basically it's been their home for, I mean, generations, isn't it? In the memorandum that they submitted to the PM office, they expressed concern that the project will submerge. Um, the 5,800 hectare of the forest that are their cultural land and it will erase their historical place. So, in the, M- in the MOU, they gave a suggestion. They suggested that you construct smaller dam instead. You know, instead of um, having this, this mega project, why don't you have a smaller project, a smaller dam, and that way you can still resolve the flood issue and the water supply. Because, um, Juliet, when I went there on the first day, which is on Friday... So instead of like taking a car deep into the, the village that will take us to the racket, I actually went on a motorbike with one of the villagers. So it was a four-kilometer motorbike ride to get to the, to the river where we will get on our racket. And he showed me some of the construction, no, some of the field infrastructure that um, will put place in, um, at the villages. For instance... They, they help um, construct like a water point or water supply. But after two months, it doesn't work. Uh, when you say they, you mean the state government? The state government okay. or whoever um, state agencies that were in charge of putting this infrastructure. Okay. So I get it. You know, um, they are parties who want to help them. Mm. So they have all this facade of putting up or construct a water supply because like I mentioned earlier there's there's no clean water supply or even a proper water supply to these villages so he would show me in fact he would show me two or three of this um water pipe water supply that fail after a few months right so you know if you can't even do that small thing let alone you want to have a big dam or a small dam to deal with the water issue in Kelantan. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Aaron, let's just go for a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about, you know, all the parties involved uh, in this huge project. I'm speaking today to Sarah Sasha Abubakar. She's a lawyer and the chairperson of the Committee on Orang Asli Rights for the Malaysian Bar. We're talking about the Nangiri Dam, which is located in Kelantan, uh, expected to supplement renewable energy for Malaysia. It's a five billion ringgit project, but also set to displace uh, 12 different Orang Asli communities in the area. We'll continue our discussion after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on the bigger picture, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Sarah Sasha Abubakar. She's a lawyer and she's also the chairperson of the Committee on Orang Asli Rights for the Malaysian Bar. We're talking about the 5 billion ringgit Nangiri Dam project located in Guamusang in Kelantan. Uh, you know, a huge project, you know, potentially generate 2,000 jobs, mitigating flood issues for the states, you know, all sorts of things, supplement renewable energy in Malaysia. But also, you know, on the other hand, uh, it is believed that the Mega Dam project will erase historical traces of Orang Asli, especially the Tamiya in West Malaysia, among many other issues. Sarah is joining us to share more. So, Sarah, you know, um, again, you know, just going back to the project, right? I mean, who are the different parties involved uh, in the construction of this dam? Okay, like we mentioned earlier, the construction of this program is under TNB. Also, it is supported by the, um, what do you call that, the state government lah. So, when I mentioned earlier that the phase one started in March last year, they had the groundbreaking ceremony. So, these are the parties involved. Um, I also believe that they have the support from the federal government through the ministry in charge of energy and natural resources. And also there are parties um, from Jakuala, the Ministry of Rural Development and Department of Orang Asli Department. So the main party would be TNB because um, they are doing the, the project and also the state government because they are involved with the, I suppose, to do the relocation of the Orang Asli along the Nangiri River. Okay. And you know, Sarah, I was reading some articles from last year. Like, I mean, you know, you you went to the ground and you spoke to the villagers and um, they didn't seem uh, very happy about it. But, you know, if you read the media reports, it's like, and we spoke, uh, you know, the former minister, uh, Taki Yudin, uh, from last year, he said that, you know, there's over 260 million compensation for them. Uh, you know, they're going to get lots of allowances. I mean, what can you tell us about that? Okay, so it was reported that... Um, as a form of compensation, like you mentioned just now, um, they have allocated $260 million mm-hmm. as a form of compensation. So this compensation will comprise of the land allowances, access to human capital programs, like maybe a school hall or surau lah, when, when the villages are relocated to another village. It was also reported that they also will get cash assistance of about 1383 for each of the household for five years, but this is subject to um, the their rubber estate um, bearing any produce. Because in addition to this capital infrastructure or cash assistance, they're actually also given like a small, small plot plot of land. Lah. For instance, um, the rubber estate that they, they wanted to, to offer to them is about 2.2 hectare. And then orchard lane lah, and then... They give them a house lah, about seven hundred fifty square feet, and then the house site is about zero point two. But if you go to the ground, which I did um, during the trip, this um, this list or this this items is not something that they want or enough to compensate them for the loss of their ancestral land and also their livelihood. Because as we know, orang asli roam the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not confined to a certain um, square feet of, of, of area. Nomadic, if, right? Nomad, no, well, they're not that nomadic, but if you look at some of the um, claim for their ancestral land, okay. it is not just limited to their village area. Mm. It is also include kawasan rayau, is the term that they use. Lah. Kawasan rayau means where they go into the forest and they forage. You know, where they, they look for the bullock or they look for the sayu-sayu and then um, the other animals so that they can have some of their meat, kan? Mm-hmm. So then um, 
when you offer them this like a housing site, 0.2 hectare, uh, house size 750 square feet, you know, it's feel like an insult to them, okay. you know, um, because they are not limited. They are limited in terms of their ancestral land. But you cannot say, I give you 2.5 hectare land. That's it. You know, because that, that's not their lifestyle. Okay. This is not what they have lived from their nene moyang days. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. When the process for this was happening, right, were, were, were they consulted? You know, was there free, prior and informed consent yeah. given? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you read the report, uh, it was reported that they all agreed. They all agreed to, to the construction of the dam. They all agreed to be relocated. But I don't see any report where they quoted the Tuabatin or the Penghulu or even the villagers to say that, yes, we are happy to move because mm. this is for the benefit of the nation. Mm. We don't mind moving. You know, I don't see that. And even when, when you speak to them, you go to the ground, they, they don't agree, you know. So then um, what they want is they want their land. They want their home. Um, they really want to stay there. Okay. So again, <clears throat> so it seems to be like there is like two versions mm. of the story happening, right? Uh, and and but you know, as as it stands, right, construction has already be- begun, isn't it? Yes. Um, phase one started last year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't see any report that they even before the construction of phase one started that there were any consultation with with the orang asli lah. Um, I did cite uh, the EIA report. But I think we can discuss that in the next episode because we do want to talk about the environmental impact. And also, just now also you talk about where UKM yes, found UKM, the, yes. the Nengiri man. You know, that that news was reported quite recently actually about two weeks ago, okay? So, <laughs> TMB actually uh, pointed UKM to do the archaeological research around the, the area. So, that was one of the main concerns also. Um... If you submerge the the whole place, you will lose your environmental and also your historical heritage. And this was proven when the UKM reported that they found the skeleton, which is older than the Perak Man. Correct. So the, this whole time, right, we are so proud of our Perak Man in Langong, right? Mm. He's 10,000 years old, you know. Langong is like this this ancient site, lah, you know. I've been there and I love it there, you know. The vibe is just, it's just nice, lah, okay. So then recently, this Nengiri man is actually 14,000 years old, um, 4,000 years older than the Perak man. Okay, can you imagine the archaeological value to that? But I suppose some people don't see it mm-hmm. that way. And, you know, I was reading, <clears throat> excuse me, I was reading that article that you shared, right? I mean, besides that, there was like thousands of artifacts, oh, ecofacts, yeah. right? Uh, objects of natural origin um, around there. Um, yep. Just, and... Yeah, it's all going to be, yes, um, taken out and, and I guess saved and, and put somewhere else, right? I mean, that's kind of the plan, right? Rather than preserving yes, it where it is. Yes, so, so the, the the logic or the plan to preserve this um, this Nengiri man and also all the other ancient um, artifacts is to remove them, put it in them in a museum nearby. Mm-hmm. So that's their idea of preservation. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a qualified archaeologist, but I do know that if you want to preserve something, you do not remove it 
from its original place. Yeah. So that the the future generation can see the origin and also um, I think it's also a very good education to like have people <laughs> go to Gongsang and have a road trip. And that's like the fun part. Lah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, think of the other opportunities, right? Rather than submerging it and, you know, making this huge mega dam, you can, you know, ecotourism sort of opportunities, Correct. right? I mean, tourism opportunities. Yes. We can, uh, there's so much that can be done. Uh, you know, we could plan around that instead of just like, okay, let's just take it all, put it somewhere else in some museum, which people probably might not even visit. Um, you know, in the surroundings itself, wouldn't that be so much more fascinating and something more appealing? Um but here we are. Um, it is because um, as we were going down the river meander, I would call it, because, you know, you would, you would <laughs> just like, just floating and they would just, you know, um, bro the, the racket. People pay good money for that <laughs> sort of experiences. You so know? one of the places that, that we pass by are some of these caves, right? Mm. So one of the places is called Guacha. So Guacha, again, has some heritage um, archaeological value. So then um, if you ask some of the archaeologists or the anthropologists, they will say that, yes, Guwacha is something that has, um, what do you call that, the ancient writing, lah, you mm. know, to prove that civilization starts from there also, you know. But um, Guwacha was affected recently by, by the flood. So a lot of things are gone, actually, from the Gua. But that one is natural disaster. Lah. It's not something that... You purposely want to flood that place, you know. Mm. Mm. And then I come across other... We, we came across, we, we passed by some other cave, you know. And then it's not just the cave, you know. There's this one area where you see all these trees and then you can see the roots were coming out and they are so ancient and you're just mm. fascinated by it. And then as you go to down the valley also, you know, it's hard to fathom that all this will be submerged. Yeah. It's really, really difficult to accept. Okay. And and I can hear the, you know, the proponents for the project saying like, okay, you know, we have to do this, you know, it's good yeah. for the country's economy and everything, but there are alternatives, right? As you briefly mentioned earlier, mm. I mean, can you just sort of relay what those other alternatives are that we could use to generate, uh, you know, renewable energy, you know, jobs and things like that? So what the Jaringan um, suggested, because um, they are the one who, who lives there. Mm. So they are the one who go through the so-called water issues or flooding issues on a day-to-day basis. They say that instead of you construct a big dam, why don't you construct smaller dam? Um, instead of doing um, this big dam, why don't you do a smaller, um, what do you call that, um, water supply project? Why don't you try to maintain that instead of like um, sub-cornice to, you know, another another parties and then you, we you get like a lesser quality type of infrastructure because um, the first village that I went, there was no water. Okay. So what we had to do is before we go into the interiors, we have to buy a lot of water to bring in. And even that also an issue because for the next four days, we are going down the racket. And you know you have to carry like gallons of water for you to drink, mm-hmm. clean water to drink because the river is not, it's not journey, you know, it's actually te tarik. Mm. <laughs> so you can't actually scoop water from the river and like boil it and then drink it. So it doesn't work that way. You still need to like have access to clean water. You still need to have pipes or, you know, filter so that you have like that access to clean water. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. 
All right. It's funny, you know, because, um, you know, in the, in the articles re- that I read about, you know, this project, you know, some of the things that they said that, yeah, I'll start generating electricity in mid-2027, you know, it's going to increase the capacity of renewable energy, as mm. we keep mentioning, you know, solving long-standing problems of flooding, clean water supply in Klantan, but also creating ecotourism opportunities. So I find that quite ironic. I mean, I suppose they have their own vision of uh, ecotourism. But, I mean, what else do you want people to know about this project and how it's impacting um, the communities who are actually living there? Um, based on my observation and also my interaction um, with the communities there, from what I see, what they wanted is that they want to preserve their way of living yeah. because this is this is their way of life. This is how they have lived for hundreds of years. This is how their ancestors have lived. And also, um, you can't just simply kick people out of their house because you think that the benefit outweighs um, their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that um, we should move towards renewable energy, clean energy. But I cannot agree that it will be at the expense of other people's livelihood. Um, it, 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 you cannot compensate um, the loss of heritage. Um, one of the village, um, Bulaya Pulat, I think, you know, they have to move already. Okay. The Tok Batin was in one of my racket. Um, <laughs> but when I asked him, because we do pass by, the wilaya on the way down, he's a bit shy to talk about it. You know, I don't know whether they just shy or don't know how to vocalize the idea concern. But if you put yourself in their shoes and people ask you to leave and they give you a very minimal compensation, I think I would definitely fight for my for my rights to stay there. Um, one of the things that I, I recall before we started um, Barakit on the first day, because I was videotaping um, the whole process, one of the orangs said, I'm fighting for my home. You know, so that, that hits me. Yeah. Because it's not, just, it's not just I'm fighting the government because I, I disagree with this project because it's, it's going to impact everything. It's my home, you know. So that really hit me when he said, I'm fighting for my home. And, and, you know, as we said, it's going to erase um, their history, isn't it? Historical traces of mm. their uh, their communities, you know, their ancestral uh, burial grounds, you know, their basically their, their whole identity, mm. right? Uh, Correct, this whole identity. It's going to be gone. Okay. And I do remember last year as well, like, I mean, um, we, you know, we've been hearing that, as you mentioned also, like, in all the reports, it says, like, Yes, we are the Orang Asli are all in full agreement, but I think they had up to like three thousand signatures or more, isn't correct, it, against uh, to protest this project? And I, right? I have, and I have cited those signatures because when they came to Bar Council last year, they handed over, they handed to us some of the documents. I thought the documents are what you call that maps and um, what you call that maps, lah, basically sure. to to show the boundaries and all that. So they are maps that they gave us. And also another bundle are all the signatures of the people who are protesting against the, the construction of the dam. Um, yeah, so so that's what, what we received from them. Lah. Okay. Um, it clearly shows that a majority of them don't want the construction. Um, but again, in the report that if you Google it, if you Google Banangiri, it was reported that they they are okay mm-hmm. with the with the with the construction of the dam. But it's completely different from what you see on the ground. And the other thing that concerned me is that when you talk about the benefit 
of the of the dam um, renewable energy lah mitigating flood do we actually ask the orang asli involved um, do they benefit from this hmm. I mean you are doing the construction along their villages what benefit do they get from this okay they had to move and we compensate you but is that benefit to them per se mm-hmm. you know especially in the long term right especially in the long term and i don't see anyone reporting what does the tok batin feels about it if if it's true that they agree to it quote some of them mm. quote the tok batin from wilayah depak quote the tok batin from wilayah gop quote the tok batin from wilayah pasir for instance um they are not unreachable all you have to do is Go down to Gomusang, go down to the wilayah, and go look for them. Mm. Ask them, are you happy with this? If you're not, then okay. Ask them. Don't just bulldoze over their village and then say that, here, here's the compensation for it. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty much what has happened right now. Yeah, I do not see anyone reporting on what they feel about it. Okay. The only report that I see is last year when they handed over the memorandum to the PM office. That's mm. it. And we've not heard much updates since then, right? I've not, I've not seen it. Even mm. um, before my trip two weeks ago, also, I did some research. There's no latest update. Mm. There's no um, the current minister in um, for the energy and natural resources. I don't hear anything from him. Okay. You know, um, I don't see any follow up from the memorandum that they submitted to the PM office last year. And that was on June the seventh. So that was on, on June. Um, a year, correct, more than a year ago. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, if there has been. Because okay. if there has been a follow-up to that, the villagers would have told me. Correct, yeah. Sure you know, when, when I went down for my trip. Yeah. Because they are the ones who are very active in all this. Okay. So this is where it stands at the moment. Uh, construction is already, I mean, the, the uh, you know, development is already happening. Um, but, you know, the, the folks there are not, have they already been, you know, dis- displaced? Or, I mean, is, has that already begun as well? The one that I know is Wilayah Pulat, that they have to move now. Wow. I mean, the process has started because again, like I said, phase one only started last year. And then when we go down the river also during that trip, we do see all this pokok balak coming out. We do see that um, the land has been cleared. We do see all that. So it is already happening. Phase one is probably about to enter phase two already because it's already been a year. Mm. And the construction is supposed to complete in 2027, which is about four years from now. Okay. You know, and the whole area is like 5,800 acre. Okay. All right. Well, Sarah, you know, as, as you alluded to earlier, we are going to have a second episode as well. And that mm. one we're going to talk about the environmental impacts uh, yeah. of the Nangiri Hydroelectric Dam. Uh, like you said, bala already coming out, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So, okay, we'll talk about that as well. But before I let you go, Sarah, you know, any message that you'd like to leave um, our listeners with, you know, especially with regard to, you know, it's not happening to us, right? It's, not, it's, it's that whole nimbila is not in our backyard, right? It's happening very far away. So maybe, you know, us folks in the Klang Valley don't care. But why do you think, you know, we should all really be concerned about this? So, when I talk about Nangiri, about my my trip um, among my friends and my families about a few weeks ago, because um, before the trip, I already know that we are going to go under the racket. Mm. Um, because of that, um, I had to source out the life jacket and also the radio. Lah. Mm. So, I asked a few of my friends, where, where can I get it from? And also, 
um, because we are constrained by budget anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, a lot of people never heard of Nagiri, nor are they aware of the construction of the Nagiri Dam. Um, even among my family and my friend, they never heard where or what is Nagiri. Even friends who are from Kelantan also, they might, may have heard of the name, but they don't know what is going on or what I was talking about. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What what dam are you talking about? What mm. Nagiri? Apa benda ni? Mm. You know? So then, um, my my hope lah, you know, because um, like I mentioned earlier, the orang asli are fighting for their home. It's not just a land, it's their home. So I hope that um, more more buzz will be created after this um, to save Nangiri and also the support to give um, give support to the orang asli if they decided to file a suit in court, you know, for, to claim for their ancestral land. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, as part of the committee on Orang Asli Rise, I mean, you guys have taken up this case and I know you're doing it pro bono. Um, is there anything that the public can do to assist? So the the lawyers involved um, in Orang Asli cases through the Bar Council Committee, they do it on a pro bono basis. Um, they don't claim for any legal fees. However, they are assisted by the committee um, when it comes to their claim for disbursements. Because... Um, as you know, when you file a suit, it involves a lot of paperwork. So usually, if the the villagers have a proper jawatan kuasa, they actually collect money among themselves. Oh, okay. They collect they collect money among themselves because they know that this is for their for their future. Mm. Okay, they they are defending their their rights. So sometimes each household will collect about ten ringgit per month. You know, mm. and then whenever the the lawyer f- uh, claim for disbursement is definitely more than that. So what the committee does is they assist. Um, they they can um, what do you call that? Um, pay you back in terms of um, disbursement. So the the committee is always on the lookout for a um, lawyers who can volunteer and take up orangasi cases on a pro bono basis because I get calls from community almost every week mm. from. Negeri Sembilan lah, from Perak, from Johor, from Pahang, you know, always asking for help, always asking for legal assistance. So we we are looking for lawyers who can volunteer to do these cases on a pro bono basis. The other thing also, we actually need fund um, because um, the fund is to help these lawyers with their disbursement. So if you if you want to help in that way, you actually can contact the the committee lah um, at the Malaysian Bar website. Okay, and what is that website, Sarah? If you want to make a donation, uh, you can contact our executive officer. Um, her name is Corina Roberts. Um, she can be contacted at corina at malaysianbar.org.my. Okay, excellent. Sarah, thank you so much. And of course, the website is just malaysianbar.org.my, right? And we can, uh, I think we can find all the information there as well. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. I was speaking to Sarah Sasha Abubakar, lawyer and chairperson for the Committee on Orang Asli Rights for the Malaysian Bar. We were talking about how it is a a damning blow to the Orang Asli of Gomusang, this uh, hydroelectric Nangiri Dam that is coming up there. Uh, If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. You can also find it 
on the BFM app. But, you know, just also a note, we will have a second episode very soon. We'll keep you posted on that. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.